I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Women going through menopause can now get a year's supply of the pills, patches or gels that they need uh, for less than £20. It's through a government scheme which could save more than £205 a year for the, well... We've got 400,000 women, but it's an awful lot more than new figures that I think have been updated to something like 2 million. Anyway, currently on HRT. As someone who's long campaigned for women to get more support during menopause is TV presenter Davina McCall, who's made it the subject of a book and a documentary. I caught up with her earlier and began by asking for her reaction to that HRT news. It is a wonderful thing and it will make a big difference to lots of women. However, what I do think is quite funny is that we've got this amazing thing where it will be a lot more affordable and make a big difference to women, but they can't get progesterone. And this is what's so frustrating. It's the shortages that are driving me absolutely mad. I think when you can see that demand is increasing incrementally month on month on month. Surely it's economics, isn't it? Basic economics. Supply should also increase. I don't know. And and also, obviously, this government decision, which now makes HRT more affordable, is going to create uh, a much greater demand. demand. I mean, mm. one hopes, because, I mean, one of the things that... Um, one of the things that I think remains incredibly contentious and, and, and women still don't really know what to believe about it is the whole discussion around HRT. Uh, did you start out with the same misconceptions, as it were, about it? I mean, I absolutely did. And um, I didn't, well, I didn't know what perimenopause was when I became perimenopause. I didn't even know it was a word. I'd never heard of it before. And um, I I basically... When I did find out that I was perimenopausal, I was horrified, embarrassed, ashamed. And I was, I am absolutely not going on HRT. It will give me breast cancer after the 2002 WHI study came out with misinterpreted data that got released to the press, which made literally millions of women just throw away their hormone pills immediately. And um, it stuck in my mind. It's something that I actually remember reading about in the papers. And I thought, I'm never taking that stuff. That's terrible. And then I spoke to a gynaecologist who sort of told me that it would alleviate symptoms and that I was very low risk. I still felt there was a risk. But at that point, I thought, look, that risk is mitigated by the fact that I might have to leave my job. I love my job. I have spent 30 years trying to learn how to do the job the best that I can, and I'm going to have to leave it. I, I absolutely couldn't face doing that. And also my relationship with my children, who I seem to be screaming at all the time. And I, I just thought, look, this increased risk uh, 
is worth it. But I didn't tell anybody. I was super ashamed. I was really embarrassed. I didn't tell any of my friends. It was my little secret. But I came back. Me, I came back as a person. And my mission, really, in life has been to de-demonise HRT and uh, explain the truth to people. The really interesting thing, I think, is is that you're a woman, you know, you're not shy about expressing your opinions. Uh, You're a vocal person. You seem a confident person. And you've always been, or at least uh, after a a bad start, shall we Mm. say, always been particularly healthy and careful Mm. about uh, your health. So the fact that you and and indeed I, though not as healthy as you by any manner of means, were sort of blindsided by menopause is mm. is is quite shocking to me. Mm. What sort of symptoms did you have, and and what did you think was going on? I think the first ones that seep in for or seeped in for me, which I didn't even know were symptoms, were a low level of um, dissatisfaction with life, like just a sort of dark just. Pff, uh, I'll tell you what it was. Uh, I hadn't belly laughed for years. I, I just, I couldn't remember the last time I'd really had hysterics. And I used to watch my daughters having hysterics. Yeah. I used to think, I really missed that. And then also, like, a weird anxiety. I am a gung-ho, chuck yourself out of a helicopter on a bungee rope type person. Off you and go. I, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> After you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, I suddenly was like, I don't want to drive to the supermarket at dusk in case I do my shopping and it's dark when I leave. Like, wh- who, who's that? You know, and I was 43 and young. You know, this is young. And the difference is, somebody said to me the other day, oh, you know, but it's a natural thing. How come women for centuries have been doing it naturally? I said, no, centuries ago they were dying at 43. Yeah, and so also, they didn't have to live through the menopause. And, and also, I think, you know, women have been suffering for centuries. Mm. It's not that they've got through it better or, you know, it, I think it's just that they've been suffering. You know, if, if you and I in the, mm. in the 21st century were embarrassed or ashamed about talking about menopause, just imagine what it was like, you know, 50 years ago, mm. let alone uh, 100 years ago. Uh, but, but do carry on because, I mean, that is the thing I think that's saddest in all of the stories that kind of get uploaded on menopause mandate is so many women feeling lost, alone, like they've lost themselves mm-hmm. and not understanding mm. why it is they're feeling that way and thinking they're to blame, you know, which is such a female impulse, isn't it? And also this um, this kind of argument because I am a natural person right so I I don't drink alcohol I um, had home births um, I didn't have any drugs when I gave birth I uh, yeah yes no but exactly like I am one of those sort of hippie type people and here I am saying yes to putting hormones in my body and it felt like I'd lost at something you are weak you are replacing your hormones and when I came back having started HRT I thought, wow, this is so mad that for three years I've been suffering in silence, unhappy, not a good mother, and yet I, I take thyroxine for my thyroid. What is the difference? If you are lacking in a hormone, what is the difference in replacing it? I'm not expecting it to keep me alive until I'm 102. I'm not expecting it to stop my skin from getting saggy or, you know, my knees from getting the little bit of creases over the top or my bingo wings or creases in my arms. You know, None of which she's no, got, but, quite frankly. I uh, study well, I her closely my... <laughs> in her lycra and um, no. But my, you know, I am getting older, but I don't want to stay young. 
I don't I don't want to um, pretend that I'm 30. I love being 55. You're not anti-aging. No, I'm really pro-aging. But I want to pro-age and feel okay. And f- not just okay, I want to feel good. So I exercise, obviously, that's a huge part of it. But replacing my hormones is another. And when I found out the benefits for my bones, for my heart, for my brain, particularly because my dad had um, Alzheimer's, he passed away last year, I, I really feel like HRT is a very good option for me. And it might be for other women. I'm not saying it's right for all women. Many women do not agree with it. But for lots of women, it is an amazing thing that they are a bit frightened of and I want to kind of help them with that demystify and and make them feel better about doing it but you are as well one of the healthiest people I, th- I think I've, I've come across <laughs> and you're forever like setting off on triathlons <laughs> and as you said leaping out of plane you know just the whole thing um what is it that gives you your drive and your determination? Because some of the things that you've pursued are real struggles. Mm. And, and I always think when I, when I look at you, you know, what an incredible survivor. You're so determined mm. and you've got so much energy. What do mm. you put it down to? I think it is from surviving. We were talking about this last night about how um, it's hard for kids who have been told all their lives that they are brilliant and they're absolutely fantastic and you're going to be the best at what you do and you're going to be amazing. I've always told my kids that life is really hard and it's a hard slog and enjoy the small wins. Because if you tell kids that everything is peachy and brilliant, they come out of university and they can't find a job and the first letter they write didn't get them the job, you're you're doing them a disservice. We have to kind of really prepare kids for what life is like. It is difficult. I think from being a drug addict when I was much younger... I am always grateful because life will never be that bad again. And my little wins mean possibly more to me because I could have been a street junkie. I could be dead by now. What gave you the wherewithal when you were young to mm. kick something that was such a, mm. you know, incredibly debilitating habit? Interestingly, weirdly, I think because I was brought up by my grandmother and my grandmother was um, a very God-fearing woman. I went to church every Sunday. I was in the choir. I uh, We had no money, but uh, lots of love and faith and solid morals. And then I'd go to Paris in the holidays and I'd be clubbing at 12, looking like a Lolita, smoking joints, taking drugs with my mum. Like it was, ma- it was carnage. So I had these two worlds that I could never tell about each other. I'd never let them collide. And I just sort of lived both of those lives. But it was my granny's influence that really saved me in the end and my best friend shut me in a car and she said look I know you've been lying to me I know you know her actually Sarah Hiscox oh yeah and um she when we were nine uh 24 she shut me in the car and she said I was going to take you to a concert but actually I'm not going to I'm going to tell you some home truths anyway we had a huge fight she said everybody's talking about you and what an absolute car crash you are and I was like what and I was so horrified because I'd always thought nobody knows I wear lots of makeup I've got two jobs I'm like you know working I don't steal I'm you know I haven't got enough money I've got it together I haven't got enough money to put petrol in my car but I've got a car and after that when she said that I went well I told her something very rude and I left the car and I walked away and as I was walking away I thought don't look back and I burst into tears and I sat inside and I cried all night and then in the morning I called somebody called Mary from um, Narcotics Anonymous and I said please can I come to a meeting and I went to a meeting that night. So it must have been particularly scary for you to then find yourself what 20 20 years Mm -hmm. later 
again feeling hot sweat some of the, yes. the, the things that you must have felt yes. when you were when you were giving up drugs and 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 not knowing how that was happening to you or why that was happening to you I didn't you. even know that night sweats were a symptom I th- I heard about I'd heard about hot flushes people fanning themselves but because nobody talked about symptoms I didn't know that waking up in a pool of sweat on a bed and I just thought well I must be ill but then I seemed to be ill every month and now it wasn't constant that's the thing about symptoms with perimenopause you must understand that they come and go so because your hormones are coming and going so it means that you get these weird symptoms very sporadically so yes it was absolutely horrible and it did take me back to those days and again I didn't talk to anybody about it because I was frightened and I wasn't sure what was happening when I did talk to a GP um, he sort of thought that I was too young and said, no, it's not that, you're, you're too young, because I was 43 at the time. And you were doing, like, live television, big yeah. events, you yeah. know, that Forgetting required people's you... people's names. I mean, I had terrible brain fog, awful, awful brain fog, and I always loved the fact that I was quite sharp, um, I was good at recalling information, I'd spent 20 years honing a sort of TV memory where you can remember something for an hour and then forget <laughs> it, um, yes. and... I just had lost the ability to do that. I was looking at Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen and thinking, I know who you are. I said your name three minutes ago and I I can't remember your name. And I was thinking, and I just started pointing at him going, you? (laughs) You're thinking it'll come back to to me. Yeah, you with your amazing hair, like making a joke out of it or something. But even the producer said to me afterwards, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine, fine, fine. Because she'd noticed. Now, today, if a producer had said to me, are you okay? And it was a woman, I'd have said... Actually, do you know what? I've, I've got a couple of perimenopausal symptoms. Tomorrow when we do the show, is there any way that when I'm looking at somebody, could you just feed their name into my ear? That's giving me a strategy to help me out. But I couldn't talk to anybody because I was so ashamed. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
And you are, in a way, an example of so many of the stories uh, that we've both read on, on Menopause Mandate. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, like me, you know, you'll end up with a lot of people just getting in touch with you directly mm-hmm. or on mm-hmm. social media or whatever. You're, you're, you're an example of someone who's been resilient enough to be able to withstand it and actually speak out. You had mm-hmm. a platform and, and you've used it. But for many, many women across the country trying to go about their their jobs is a really, really difficult struggle. And I thought the interesting thing about being at that Wellbeing of Women event the other night that we both attended was the number of men in the audience. And I wondered about your thoughts about men joining in. I've got a really nice story to tell you. So I was on Twitter about um, three weeks after my book came out and I got a message from a chap and he said, um, bought your book, Davina, went to the living room, threw it in onto the sofa closed the door and ran away. <laughs> and I direct messaged him back because he followed me. And I said, hey, mate, I said, is everything all right? And he sent a message back saying, oh, I'm, thanks so much for getting in touch. I am struggling a bit. I don't know what to say or what to do. And I'm worried that if I say something, she's going to bite my head off. And But she's gone. She's like disappeared and I don't know what to do. And I thought, oh, his, here's his a guy. Yeah, here's mm. a guy who loves his partner. He's bought her a book, but he's so terrified. I said, look, can I give you a piece of advice? Would that be all right? And he said, yeah, sure, I'll take anything I can get. I said, why don't you go in to the living room, pick up the book and say, look, I I can see you're struggling. I really want to help you. Shall we read some of this book together? And I want to learn about it and I want to help you and, and see how that works. Anyway, he messaged me the next morning and he said, oh my God, Davina, it was the best. We sat down and we talked. And so it, it is scary for partners of women going through perimenopause because you don't know what to do or what to say or how to say it. It's a bit like when a girl has a period, you know, you don't say to somebody if they're having a bad day, are you on your period? Because they will Bite get you. really annoyed, yeah. you know. But this is slightly different. This is You are vulnerable when you're perimenopausal. You are a bit frightened. You don't know what's happening. You feel invisible. You feel like you don't count for anything anymore. And I can't understand, and I don't know why that happens, but I felt invisible. I felt unseen. I felt unattractive. I felt um, unimportant, insignificant. I spend my life waking up in the morning and going, Michael, um, Michael, my partner, Michael, do you know what? Testosterone. It's such an interesting... It's like, you know, talk it through, talk it through. He knows more about menopause than any man should. But what he's done is taken that information. He's a hairstylist and he's using it to help women losing thin, with thinning hair, losing their hair, you know, and he's working with a trichologist. I mean, it's so lovely. When you help men, they want to go and help women. And that is, I mean, ultimately the thing, because so many conversations about menopause are gloomy for obvious reasons, mm. because there's still so much that, that needs to be achieved. But ultimately, as a, as a woman, I mean, both of us are really, we're, we're sort of almost past mm. menopause. Mm. We're, we're both in, in public facing jobs where mm. it's very easy to feel overlooked at this particular period in time. Um, and that's something that I, I guess you've also sort of had to do battle with in terms of summoning reserves of, of confidence. That, that you didn't know you had. But but when you come through the other side, I guess a lot like 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 giving up drugs, you know, the, 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 the sunny uplands really do exist, don't well, they? Well, I, I, um, I said in the book, because the um, Chinese use the term second spring, 
I love that. Yeah. Because it's not an autumn, it's not a winter, it really is a second spring. There is a feeling of um, release when you realise that you can't have children anymore. Um, when you can have children, there's always, should I, should I, maybe I shouldn't, should I, should I, should I, shouldn't I. When you think, I can't, it's like, oh, great, like, now what do I do? Um, your children possibly are a bit older. You can maybe go out a little bit in the evenings and not worry about babysitters and what time to get back for. You can, I mean, now that I've got my hormones adjusted and in check and I'm on HRT and all my balances are correct, I really can't tell you how happy I feel because I think, potentially because I was quite a messed up teenager, I did spend most of my 20s and 30s, you know, in therapy or meetings trying to untangle the spaghetti of my brain and now that I have some clarity and I love myself warts and all you know I am not perfect there are sides of my character that I don't like but I know about them when I act out on those I can apologize I can do better and I I feel happy with myself I can't say that that ever I ever felt like that before menopause perimenopause ever 